Guys and girls, we've reached the bye week. I think we have some stuff to talk about. We got to figure out how to feel about this season. And we're going to do that today. We're here for you on Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today, from his much-needed vacation, we have Mr. David Wise back. Davey, what's going on, my guy? You look you look a lot more rested after the past week. Drake, I'm feeling good. Yeah, nice little mountain vacation to, you know, get you, get you feeling in a good place, and that's what we want to do here for all of you today. We want to get you in a good place when you leave here. And you know what? Let's not even bury the lead with that. But, you know, before we do that, folks, I want to thank each and every single one of you for making Locked on Seminole your first listen each and every single day as Dave turns off of his other, all of his other apps. But don't forget, five-star reviews, either on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or where we get your podcast from. And as always, folks, we just love all the support and want to thank each and every single one of you for all that. Now, Dave, yep. you came out basically with a therapy session. Why don't you lead us off? Basically, what should we make of this team? And overall, like, how should we feel heading into the bye week? All right, guys, we got to have a talk here because Twitter is Twitter's a bad place right now. Uh, social media about Florida State is a bad place right now. You'll see people calling for Mike Norvell's job. You'll see people calling for the fanhood of people who call for Mike Norvell's job. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of division amongst the fan base here. And we got to figure out, I think, what's reasonable here because... We started out four now. I, I think it it gave people the feeling that we were further ahead of schedule than we thought that Mike had done this miracle work to turn around a team that I don't even like to say the name because it triggers people that Willie Taggart had kind of let fall by the wayside after Jimbo did the same. Then the last three weeks happened. Um, guys, lose big, lose small. Win small, win big. I think a lot of us thought we were in win small. It appeared that way after LSU and Louisville. It felt like we were there. And that would have been a good place to be because I, that, that's the second to last step on the way to becoming nationally relevant again. Then we lost to three straight ranked teams. Um, top 15 ranked teams, and one of them was in the top five. Let's just get this out of the way. Two of those teams were better than us. Wake Forest, as much as I hate them and hate to admit this, was better than us. Clemson is just better than us. They're, they're loaded with five stars at every position. I know that's not the be-all, end-all, but in some circumstances it is, and this was one of them. Um, NC State, that one's going to haunt us a little bit because we were better than NC State that day, and you can't, you can't convince me otherwise. But to start the way you did 4-0, have those feelings about this is – the national media was talking about Florida State is – if not back, the most back among all the programs in the state felt so good. So, Drake, after this three-game skit, is all your optimism gone? It's not all gone, but I think we've been basically we've been humbled. We've been humbled a lot after the past uh, three weeks. Primarily, one of the things was that I mean, I said it ad nauseum before the show started, or sorry, before the season started, was do not look at this team with rose-colored glasses. I say that because of quote the good show. I mean, the great show, BoJack Horseman. If you look at something or you know something you love. 
with rose-colored glasses, all the red flags simply look like flags. And we saw basically, oh, we're still 4-0, but we didn't really talk that much basically about how the injuries kind of would impact us over this course of the stretch here, but also yep. that you look at the teams. LSU, I think it, it, they're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde kind of team overall. Louisville, Scott Southfield basically now is now on the hot seat because that's not a good team. Boston College might be the worst offensive line that we've seen in my lifetime. Yep. And then you have the... Uh, Duquesne was an FCS win. So you have you start 4-0 up against basically your weaker part of your schedule, and it's also only ACC is also super down. But then you go into Wake Forest as six-point favorites. Wake Forest, they have 35, 40-year-olds on that team. Kids collecting their ARP social security checks because they've been there forever. Then you have the end state game where that was a game we'll talk about much more, much more later. With Clemson, I think one thing that the fan base is doing, and I'm guilty of it doing as well, I am projecting my anger from the state loss onto yep. the Clemson loss. And that's something that, quite frankly, isn't fair. I don't think you can find any FSU media member that thought that Cle- we would be Clemson this past weekend. I think Trey Rowland said, said it you know, during his Noel uh, the Enemy series he has, he has over at 247. But we said that you need to play a perfect game. Unfortunately, you didn't do that for 20 minutes of that game. So overall, to me, my optimism isn't gone. However, I think the margin of error is definitely, definitely kind of smaller now for his last five games and also what's even maybe kind of more i guess concerning is i don't know what this team is exactly heading yeah. to the last, last five games yeah last week i think we both talked a, a lot about the just questions we we didn't have a lot of answers it felt like we had some answers after those first four weeks fast forward to these last three and it feels like all of those things we thought are not necessarily true and i have a lot more questions than i have answers more so this week than last week even even though we were playing a better team. Um, I think I think it makes sense to... Let's talk about the reasons that everybody has to be upset. Just let's, I think let's get that out of the way. And I think then we can transition to the reasons to still be optimistic about this program, this year and this program. Um, Drake, the, the most obvious of them. Starting 4-0... And then going 0-3 means you have to go 4-1 and to win eight games. It was at a point not long ago that eight games felt like a floor. And perhaps unfairly so, because before the season, most of us said eight wins was the goal. And if eight wins was the goal, then to move it to the floor, that's probably jumping the gun a little bit. Obviously, what we saw impressed us, but we didn't beat anyone that we had no business beating. Like... Not that LSU wouldn't beat us now or vice versa. I don't know. LSU looks good now. But regardless, those were four games that we had business winning. These last three games, arguably two of them, we shouldn't have had any business winning because we weren't the better team. Uh, but to start 4-0 and now be facing having to go 4-1 and to win eight games or 3-2 and to go 7-5, and that's a tough feeling for any fan to swallow, no matter how positive you are about anything in particular about this program. I think it's more that people are upset. Not be, It's not that people are upset that we're four and three. I think actually, like, I, I know it's kind of a dead horse at this point, but like, if you ask four and three to the bye week, we'll be like, oh, sure, we'll take that in a heartbeat because yeah. actually what's happened over the past few years. But the way you kind of limped over these past two games, like Wake Forest, like you said earlier, I'm kind of proud of you for saying that because it, it takes a lot for you to admit you when you're wrong. That's kind of the Dave kind of charm over there. But the way you lose to NC State for an entire half 
and then the Clemson game where you was a lot of good moments that you were competitive against a team that, quite frankly, you are outmatched for. I think I heard earlier today on another podcast that Clemson has 12 separate five-stars. Four of them along the entire defensive front, along with another four-star. And they were all healthy for the game for the first time all season. But to me, overall, it's I think it's more the matter that this team was could easily, easily be 5-2. and two. And I think the more the concern is that it feels that when the team does get expectations, they kind of shrink in the spotlight a little bit. And that, to me, is more the frustrating thing, whether it be basically the player, the personnel, or also the, even the coaching staff, because like no one here is at fault. And I'm not going to sit here and kind of point to see exactly where the issue is, because to me as a whole, is is that the entire program right now needs to learn how to win. And for right now, through the we we said before this, the uh, the three game series started that this would be the toughest test of this team. We would find out who they are. And right now, we know that they're a good team. But right now, we but overall, in, in, for the entire discussion of the AC Atlantic. We're not a great team just yet, even though we potentially have the talent to be there. They just need to push forward through to do that. Yeah. As a fan of Florida State and of football in general, this team has just been very frustrating. (laughs) I can't use a better word than you chose. But Drake, tell me something that's not frustrating, please. I will. It's our friends over at Simply Safe, folks. The numbers do not lie. In the last decade, over four, cuatro, Million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. I love it because of 24 7 monitoring, my little app on the phone with crystal clear HD live TV. Basically, there's no one, no one actually any better than Simply Safe. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few short minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month for free, for free, for free by visiting simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more because there's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, Dave, we got the negative out of the way, which I think basically we wanted to exude some of our demons out. Now, there is a lot of positives with this team. And I feel there's a lot of reason for optimism, especially heading into the stretch and also basically heading into the bye week. So Dave, lead us to some happiness because quite frankly, I think we need it. And there's also, there's so many to choose from, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you could get really myopic with this and talk about positives from the Clemson game even. And I think on the tail end of a three-game losing streak, a lot of people don't want to find positives, but there were. Just there. We... We ran all over Clemson without our best running back. Um, That's a good sign, especially for an offensive line that hasn't been outstanding in run blocking and against one of the best defensive lines in the country, bar none. That's a positive. Another positive. That was our best pass blocking game of the year. Also against one of the best defensive lines that is in the country. So just that alone, the offensive line and the running game. Obviously, two critically important things for Florida State's offense. Um, the the play of uh, the play the the play of Jordan Travis. I mean, we could we could debate that whether we're happy with it, whether we're not. Um, Jordan Travis has gotten better this year. It hasn't. That's that's harder to say now than it was three weeks ago or even two weeks ago, uh, because we're on a three-game losing streak and because there's been really frustrating times. Um, as the level of competition has risen, uh, our passing game's gotten more difficult to come by. That's not that surprising. Um, 
I just think we probably jumped the gun. I think we started the Jordan Travis Heisman campaign. Um, and I think maybe we got a little quick trigger on that, but our offense is a lot better than last year, guys. It's a lot better than last year. And it's a lot better than I think a lot of us expected it to be. Maybe not these last three games, but I would, what, what did we say before the season? Top half, we'd be happy, I think, offense. I think, I think we said overall we would love this offense to be top 40. And right now for S&P Plus, I want to say it's around 36 or 38, which meets that. And the defense is more basically, I think, dropped over to 41, which quite frankly against Clemson, it's Clemson. With D, the way DJU played that game, like he looked like every single bit of the five-star, so I can't even hold out against them either, especially because you're missing Jared Verse at full strength and also Fabian Lovett, who's been out. Who positive, by the way, you'll be getting some reinforcements after yeah. the bye week with Fabian Lovett, who is the heart and soul of his defense, and quite frankly, probably is the most important player on your team, not named Jordan Travis. Can, let me pause for a second. Is Will Shipley the best good, best bad running back, or the worst good running back? No, nah, the kid, the, the kid's good. I mean, this, okay, I so mean, he's the, the worst good running back. Good. I'm glad we got this out of the way. <laughs> Go right ahead, Dave. All right. Anyways, moving on from that. Uh, yeah, there. That was going to be a tough test for this defense. Um, I think we miscalculated a little bit about some of what we thought about our defense going into the year. I, I thought our DBs would be better than this. Um, we're doing I'm, positives, Dave. We got to talk some more positives, hold on, man. Hold on, hold on. But backups have stepped up in a huge way. Young backups that are going to make a huge impact on this team going forward. Because we're going to lose pieces off of this D line, and we're going to need to replace them. Like Baby and Love it. I don't. <laughs> he's not going to be around much longer. Um, Jared Verse ain't going to be around much longer. But you're getting young guys like Joshua Farmer and Patrick Payton contributing at a fairly high level for where they're at in their careers. Those are going to be two very good players that you've discovered that have just blossomed out of necessity this year. Um, they've been great. You've seen the linebacking play, I think night and day from the last couple of years, we expected it to be better just by virtue of adding Tatum Bethune, but our linebackers are playing better. I, whether it's Randy Shannon, whether it's the players just developing, which probably related to that, you got to be happy about that because we haven't seen it in a long time. You said before the year, the two positions that have just played Florida State, receiver play, linebackers. Linebackers have gotten better. Receiver play is one of the strengths of the team. you got to be happy about that. I mean, I think you really do, and that's also with Tatum Bethune basically playing with one arm. With basically, I think he got yeah. injured in the Louisville game, and overall, to me, he's, he hasn't been the best, but basically you do see he does put his heart a lot there. And I'll do another another youngster too. I think Shaheem Brown played the majority of that second half against Clemson, and he definitely looks like someone who's basically steel in the secondary. And I'm gonna look at the other side of the ball. Outside of NC State, which we all can say is a, was a house of horrors kind of game, the wide receivers actually have stepped up and played very well for the majority of the season. Whether it be Micah Pittman basically being that pit bull dog in the slot, or Johnny Wilson basically. There's gonna be some discussion I know with the fade routes. In my personal opinion, I think those were just poorly thrown passes, but. If you look at it again, it basically can be each is his own. But overall, Johnny Wilson has been basically that kind of that, that alpha kind of ish dog that you kind of want on the outside. Ontario Wilson coming out of nowhere, actually basically being that speedier threat, out speedier threat as well out there. And then you have Marcus and Douglas, who also is showing that he might be the best tight end in the room when basically we'll be wanting someone to step up or even surpass Cameron McDonald in that spot. And to me, that just goes to show that overall that this team is better. This team's roster-wise is much more improved. Now, all we need to do is move, moving forward is learning how to be, play, basically play better situational football and play better mistakes, uh, low, limit your mistakes, which, quite frankly, if you asked me this before season started or even last year, 
I would kill to be at that point because that's kind of basically when you go from a good team to an all-around great team. You're exactly right. We're we're at a place where insert talent and it feels like the coaching has improved enough. There's still things the coaches I believe could do better, uh, especially situationally. Um, and and we could talk another episode about the second half compared to the first half scoring and whatnot against ranked teams. Uh, that's a little something we've been working on, but yeah, you, it feels like if our players were as good as Clemson's players or as talented or whatnot, if our roster was as talented and deep as Clemson's roster or even ridiculous, if our players were at a development level of Wake's roster, yeah, it, it, I, I would imagine having won that Wake and that NC State game and that Clemson game being a nail-biter. So we're talking about raise, not, maybe not razor-thin, but pretty thin margins here. Um, we're adding talent. We have a good recruiting class coming in. We can hold that together and end this season strong. There's going to be an infusion of much-needed talent on this roster. You add that talent, and I think that bar creeps up next year to you have to be thinking about, can this team win nine games? And it should be a team that's capable of that. I completely agree with that. And so also, I think that's more the frustrating part we have with this team right now. It's because we know that they can do it. It just feels like they keep getting in their own way. And I think it's basically when you want to beat these teams that are maybe not more talented than you, because I know we discussed this about Wake Forest. To me, Wake Forest has like a bunch of fifth, sixth, and seventh year seniors. So they're obviously going to be very good at what they've done because they've been doing it for almost a decade, which is which with COVID, Look at that. Same thing over with NC State and their defense overall. So to me, it just goes to show that this this team, they're still growing. Mike Norvell and staff are still growing overall. I mean, just to me, I completely understand where people are frustrated because trust me, I'm right there with you. There's a lot of stuff right now that I would like to say, but we're going to wait to that for the rest of the week. That's why we had the bye week. But to me, for right now, there's a lot of good as long with the bad with this team. But moving forward, basically, we do need to see some sort of improvement, and that's going to start with these last five games because this stretch of five games right now will tell me probably whether or not Mike is the guy that we want moving forward and bringing us back to basically regularly 10 win seasons. To me, 10 win seasons regularly, maybe nine being the floor, is where you should be when you're here at Florida State. That's right. And Drake, these are all good things we've tried talking about in this segment, trying to keep it positive here. Tell me more good. You don't want to tell you more we're good? Our friends over at Bet Online is basically Bet Online is where the action always starts. And as always, since we are back with this, it is the Fade Dave segment of the day, week, millennia. David, yeah, we did the we did the we did the um, the diamond last time. Oh, you right. actually won that bet overall, so congratulations overall with Nestor Cortez. Basically, I love that dude. Shout out Hialeah, Florida. But let's go back to the gridiron. Do you know who Miami plays next at home in the uh, Airbnb they call the Hard Rock Stadium? Um, judging by just the fact that they play nobody every week, I'm assuming it's some kind of Presbyterian school out of uh, Barbados. No, it is the Duke Blue Devils who actually Ooh. are on a two-game losing streak, and they are actually favored against Miami. Sorry, Miami is favored against Duke by nine points. Over under right now is set at fifty-nine. Who are you going to take in this game? Drake Tyler Van Dyke remains one of the worst quarterbacks in the country. I said that before the season. I'll say it again now. Terrible. Just a terrible quarterback. Terrible football team. Duke, also a terrible football team. It's one of those who cares games. Uh, the winner of the game is inconsequential to the national picture and the ACC. Um, I like what Miami loses. Miami's going to lose. 
Miami's going to lose to so take Duke plus nine. And also, if you're with Dave, take plus, pl- take Duke at plus 275. And you can catch that game also on the Bally Sports Florida channel because Miami has now been relegated to local regional sports network. So, folks, ride with Dave. Take Duke at plus uh. nine or plus 275. Or if you're really feeling against the grain and think that Miami can somewhat kind of basically pick up where the left off against Virginia Tech, take Miami at minus nine over at Bet Online, the fastest and easy way to get all your latest sports action. And also, it's simply where the game starts. And now back to the FSU team that consistently stays in prime time, stays in ESPN's AC network at the very least, because we actually do bring value to the, t- to the table, to the brand, to the conference. Yeah. Dave, how do you want today's show off on? All right, let's talk about this. Where do we go from here? What's uh, What should we take away from the first seven weeks as a whole? And what do we need to see in the final five? Um, Drake, I think I take this away from the first seven weeks. This football team, it is hard to argue this football team isn't better than last year. If you saw floating around Twitter, we beat all three of our last opponents in yards per play. That's important. Um, And a couple of them were fairly substantial. So this team is not being beat up by ranked opponents. It's It's unfortunate that we lost all three, but this team hung in there with all of them. Should have won at least one of them really could have won at least two of them. That's a great place for this team to be in, in a year where I think, I think at the end of the day, most people would have taken six wins and said, you know what? Screw it. At least we're back in a bowl. I'm not that person. Um, I'm not. But the point being this team, I think is better than that. Um, We're, we're, they're going to need to prove something down the stretch because if you go two and three and you (laughs) end up six and six, that's not okay. That's not okay. That's not acceptable. Um, I think what I'm trying to reconcile in my own head right now is how does the fact that we started four and zero change what you're okay with the season ending as? Like in other words, if you had before the year, a lot of people would have been okay with seven and five. I think um, that being market improvement from the last half plus decade, seven and five right now feels extremely lackluster. That would be three and two down the stretch. Um, I can't imagine one of those losses wouldn't be to Miami or Florida. And God forbid there's a scenario where we're three and two and those two losses are to those two in-state scrubs. Um, that would, would the way we end the season and did the 4-0 start adjust what's acceptable to you for ending the season? I think for me, I think it did, did to a certain extent, mainly because I personally, whenever we did the uh, kind of the win expectancies and everything else, I always ended up t- close towards the eight kind of eight and four kind of margin. And looking to see basically how we started off with the 4-0 spot. Like I know I said earlier that we played teams like Louisville, Boston College, which frankly aren't very good teams. You still beat those teams and you still actually were able to beat them. One of them actually on the road in a night game on Friday, which is somewhat hostile. And you also beat up a Boston College, which is something we haven't done against a Power 5 team in a very long time. But then you look towards how what happened. Wake Forest, high expectations. You fall flat on your face, but typically also... Wake Forest was simply the better team. No one's no one's wanted to admit it, especially on here. Yep. NC State, you, I'm not, I'm not going to discuss anything further. You just dropped the ball there. It was just, it was just a bad, worst second half football thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And then with Clemson, you simply were just outmatched, not gunned by a much more physical, talented team. Now I'm not big on moral victories at all periods. That's why I'm basically saying as a whole, how the team looked looked at for the entire first half. To me, I need to see four and one here, primarily because I think I'm not okay with six wins. I think seven was like 
it's like I'll see seven wins and be like, it could have been just so much more. And kind of key leaves you kind of wanting more. And I also think if you do win the eight games, that that's something you actually can bring back towards potential new offseason hires, whether it be the coaching staff. Because one of the big things that we were trying to do last year was replace people on the staff. But people did not think Mike Norvell would be here much longer because of basically how he had only won eight games in two seasons. And then also for recruiting, for late season flips, it definitely will help to basically at least beat one of Miami or Florida. Also, beating a Syracuse team in the Carrier Dome, that also will be huge because Syracuse this year, I know we'd say it, they actually are probably one of the better teams in the conference. And quite frankly, I'll be taking them this weekend to not beat, but probably cover the spread against Clemson. So to me, I think 4-1 and one is what you want here because I can definitely see a path where you honestly can go 5-0 and oh down the stretch. I think if, if, if the old team shows up from the first four games, what I need to see, though, is this team be consistently have a full 60 minutes of football, not this, you know, let's start off 10 minutes, great, do nothing for 20, and then end off the last nine. That's because the Clemson game, to me, those last nine minutes, basically of us scoring, that wasn't six-point loss. That was probably one of the more frustrating things because why don't you just do the all-game? So, Drake, would you like to guess how many points we've scored in the third quarter of the last three games combined? Zero. We scored six total points. Yeah, and those were all against Wake. So, yeah, I, to, there's things we need to see happen. There's adjustments we need to see made. But on a bigger scale, I think w- the way the last three weeks have gone has caused this. This Georgia Tech game was always one of those games there's no friggin' way you should lose. This has become an absolute cannot lose game. I, I, don't, I don't know if the world will implode if we lose to Jeff Sims and Georgia Tech. But it again. Sure- Again, but it sure feels like the world would implode if if we but also lost. we're not entertaining that we're just not going to entertain that though we're not we're not um that that should be an easy win uh, Louisiana should be an easy win so you're talking about games against Syracuse Florida and Miami again individually none of those games scare me Syracuse is the best of the three ridiculous as that is Florida's just absolutely terrible Miami might be worse arguably um so. I think to me, though, the fact that you started out 4-0 and 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 eight wins felt like an afterthought. I'm not saying it should have, but that resonates still. I think a lot of you, a, a lot of us are reasonable in feeling like this team should win eight games, both preseason and especially after the last four games started, uh, after the first four games, excuse me. There's nothing wrong with being upset right now. There, you, could, you could, at the same time, on the one hand, be happy with some of the progress you've seen. We've talked about some of it. There's plenty of it um, in, in, in discrete areas. Um, special teams is a lot better this year than last year, uh, taking field goal, kicking out of it. That's something Mike Norvell promised us, and he delivered on a promise. I'm happy about that. Um, there's a lot of other things you should be happy about, too. But you could still be upset that we dropped three in a row shouldn't have lost all three of those games. And that that's kind of had to shift where we feel about this team, how this team should end the year. Like I, it's tough to get teenagers to get over a three game losing streak like that. I know not everyone on our team is a teenager. Um, and I know Georgia tech's done plenty of losing, but a lot of the kids that come to Florida state don't do a lot of losing in high school. Uh, these are still the, the best kids at their high schools and they don't do a lot of losing. So losing, to the new kids is new to them and losing to a lot of the older kids, I think had become second nature. Like you've said a million times, this team's still learning how to win. It's time to, it's time to learn in real time because although Florida and Miami may suck, there's still tests and you still got to win those games. 
And I think you're right. I don't think it's necessarily fair to say this team has to go four and one down the stretch, but I think I need to see four and one down the stretch because at some point the results of the games have to matter. And if we're going to recruit like we need to, to retool this, uh, to retool this team, to eliminate the gap that we're saying was the reason for these last three losses, you still have to win the games. And that's what we have to do. Context lose, Dave. I think the context always matters when it comes to here. And I think it's really important where he said that you are allowed to be upset. Trust me. Dave saw my text messages basically when he got back from the mountains. And I was probably, I was going through it during that Clemson game. It was almost just as bad as the NC State game, even though a few days removed. That's why we waited on a little bit. It makes a lot more sense, basically, what happened with that game. But to me, I definitely do need to see, basically, this team just simply learn how to win. And it's not that the players is that. I think Mike Norvell, one thing he needs to do is learn how to basically have a better feel for the game. Because one thing I will say for Mike and the staff, these last five games will tell us a lot more about basically where he is on the power of five level. Now, folks, as always, thank you so much for all your love and support. We're having several people actually on as guests during the week. Max is going to come back on later during the week. We have Sam Moore from the Listen Up Podcast as well. I reached out to Trey Rowland, but unfortunately, he will actually be pushing him back to next week. But I did reach out and confirm with Kevin Little of X's and Knowles because as Dave and I, very opinionated, we're very good with the feel. We need to bring someone on basically for scheme-wise to discuss basically how everything is working out and also whether or not my distrust and hate for Adam Fuller is misplaced. And quite honestly, over the past few weeks, he's not the problem. So overall to me, it's great to have other voices coming in. But even more important, it's always great to have you listening to us each and every single day. Now, Dave, send the folks home. Let them know you love them and also what they should be thinking about when they head over to YouTube and also on the podcast level. Drake, you don't need to tell me to tell them I love you because all of you know that I love you. Um, thank you for being here. You know you can find our podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, or the YouTube. You know the drill. Like the video, please, if you liked it, of course. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Ding the little bell at the top. Turn on your notifications. It will let you know when our videos drop. And leave us some comments. Just look, don't do it on Twitter. Just tweet through it down here. Tweet through it in the comment section. I would much rather you do that. It's better for yourself. It's better for everybody's health. We're going through it right now. I promise you it's going to be okay. Okay for you to be mad. We'll get through this. And for Dave, this was Drake. And we'll see you all next time on Lock on Sentinels. Take care, everybody. Win the bye week. Win the bye week.